Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up i'm not a crook are you ready to go shame on shame on you it's abe lincoln's top hat hosted by ben kissel boom you can't get fooled again all right sounds good ready to go let's go all right welcome to the show everyone i'm ben kissel as always joined by marcus parks hello ben hello all right so we did a 9-11 episode <laughs> we just pulled uh we just put out part two for the last podcast on the left and part two was all about conspiracy and it was an amazing episode and marcus did the best research in the history <laughs> of podcast and dare i say <laughs> the history of any audio medium that's ever existed throughout the history of time i cannot compete with coast to coast my friend now you're much better than coast to coast <laughs> They're domestic. You go all the way. You go all the way at, past the coast, past the past the coast, indeed. So, uh, towards the end of that episode, we discussed a little bit about the NWO, the illusion of choice in the United States when it comes to the people running uh, for the presidency of the United States. Right. We discussed how corporations are really the NWO. It's not a government situation. Uh, corporations are the rainbow, uh, if you want to use such a positive euphemism. Uh, over over the government that really uh, tell the government what to do. And, of course, this really came into being during 1973, the Trilateral Commission. And we could discuss the Trilateral Commission, but we found a great thing online. And there's a character, uh, an actor named Jeffrey Tambor, who explains the the Trilateral Commission and the NWO absolutely perfectly. This is from 1981, and it's from a television show called Barney Miller. So, Marcus, let's listen to what Jeffrey Tambor has to say, and we'll continue on with our conversation. They're the ones you should be arresting, not me. Why didn't you say that before? What we got here? Cam, this is William Klein. He was wrecking an office. But I, I just wanted to meet them face to face. I wanted them to admit what they were doing. Who is they? He was in the office of the Trilateral Commission. Trilateral Commission? Yeah, the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> All right, what is the Trilateral Commission? It's an organization founded in 1973 by David Rockefeller to bring together business and political leaders from the United States, Europe, Japan, so they could work together for uh, better economic and political cooperation between their nations. And with that, that's what they'd like us to believe. But you see, what they're really up to is a scheme to plant their own loyal members in positions of power in this country, to work to erase national boundaries and create an international community, and in time, bring about a one-world government with David Rockefeller calling the shots. I take it they're pressing charges? Yeah, well, uh, uh, he broke a globe and uh, and some UNICEF artwork. Well, they're they're in on it, too. (laughs) Okay, Mr. Klein, if you're just... I'm telling you, our whole way of life as we know it is in jeopardy. I appreciate that information. But I have have the documented evidence. It's all in there. Show him. Well, he's got uh, got these magazines here. Conspiracy Review. 
Suppressed truth roundup? The whole master plan is exposed. Yeah, well, um... You're still not convinced, huh? <laughs> would, would you like to hear the names of just a few of the people who have been on the Trilateral Commission? Uh, not particularly. James no. Earl Carter. Heard of him? Look, Mr. Klein... Henry Kissinger. You heard of him? Walter Mondale. True. <laughs> Mr. Klein, this is John all... Anderson, George Bush. Now, you remember at the, at the convention, everybody thought it was going to be Ford for Veep. You know what happened? David Rockefeller just picked up a phone, put in a call. Hey, Ronnie, forget Jerry, it's George. Bye. <laughs> so, no matter who won in November, they had their man in the White House. Are you through? Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely nailed it. <laughs> on and a sitcom. On a sitcom. You don't get sitcom uh, in-depth satire, political humor like that on the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that most people who watch the Big Bang Theory are actually uh, anti-evolution, yeah. which is very ironic. Uh, so you have that show, uh, this Mr. Klein character discussing how um, the Trilateral Commission will lead to the ending of borders the yeah. ending of worlds uh, as as um as nationhood as we know it and that's actually something that barry goldwater our favorite uh we know for a fact are one of our favorite fellows who were who was really into bdsm <laughs> barry goldwater there's no no doubt about it the elbert fish <laughs> of all former presidential candidates but that's exactly what he mentioned as well on the conservative side there were many mm-hmm. conservatives that were completely against uh, the trilateral commission because it shattered the idea of sovereignty yeah so he points out, he discusses uh, George W. Bush being appointed uh, Reagan's VP. And keep in mind, uh, when Reagan and Bush were going against each other in the, uh, in the um, 1980 election, um, they hated each other. Yeah. And, and, and Reagan was, uh, he was more charismatic. He was more liked, dare I say, he was the Donald Trump type, <laughs> to uh, Herbert Walker's very... Classic politician, buttoned down, son of Prescott Bush. Former CIA director. Former CIA director, exactly. Way on the inside guy. And they tore each other apart. Okay, so he gets put into office, and we're going to start the conversation when it comes to the illusion of choice right there with W. Bush. He gets elected in 88. In 1990, of course, uh, we basically won the Cold War. We discussed this in the last last podcast, the latest last podcast on the left episode, discussing how we starved the Soviet Union for the most part because they were spending 35% of their GDP on military, and I think mostly uh, potato guns. <laughs> Not good weaponry. A lot of times they were just uh, you know, throwing their mother's very thick brassiers at the <laughs> Afghanis, so you can imagine that that wasn't necessarily the best weapon to use. So he gets elected in 88. Uh, we, uh, we pretty much won the war against, against the Russians, the Ruskies, and we're looking for a new enemy. In 1990, Saddam Hussein, who we previously didn't really have much of a beef with, he was a Sunni, uh, which is the minority religion in that region in Iraq, and he kept everybody at relative peace. Granted, he did gas some Kurds in 1988, and people were not thrilled about it. So anyway, long story short, Saddam Hussein pulls a, a land grab very, very similar to what Putin has pulled in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And he pulls a land grab uh, into Kuwait. The Saudis are very upset. The Israelis are very upset. The U.S. goes, and uh, they, we have our first war with Iraq. And I'll tell you, if you were a child 
uh, in the 1990s. You remember this war vividly. Oh. It was it was all done in, um, you know, when it's d- night vision. Yeah. It was all night vision shots, and all you did was see ICBMs flying through the sky as if they were a bunny rabbit late to work, <laughs> and they were desperate to meet Alice. Uh, but, of course, they weren't so cordial when they met, uh, not, not as cordial as the rabbit was when he met Alice. They exploded an entire country and m- murdered millions and millions. They're, Thousands of children. Yeah, thousands of children. I yeah. had Desert Storm trading cards. Right. There was the, de- the Storm and Norman card was worth uh, dozens of dollars. It was huge. Yeah. Norman Schwarzkopf. Yeah. I mean, that was really- trading cards. Can you imagine that in this day and age? Can you imagine Afghanistan war trading cards? Well, we'll talk about that because you remember the Freedom cards that came out when we went into Iraq the first, when oh. the second time under W. Bush. There's something about the Bush, the Bush administration. They know trading cards. <laughs> they, they they can dominate some good trading cards. Yeah, I forgot you're talking about the cards with all of the uh, the most wanted men. The most uh, wanted. Th- those were the villain cards. The, but then, yeah. of course, they had the hero cards as well so kids could play poker and get uh, indoctrinated at the same time which was brilliant so we go in smart enough to get out understand we don't have the resources to stay again dick cheney was there this entire time Mm -hmm. smart enough to know that we have to pull out meanwhile soviets completely collapse we've officially found our new enemy and we know for a fact it's going to be in the middle east yeah so next comes in clinton Promising that there's going to be no uh, no war, although at this time it really wasn't even so much of a foreign policy situation. It was all about domestic taxes. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, H.W. made the mistake of saying no new taxes and then looking at his watch a whole bunch. Yeah. And that was really what cost him the election. It's all such superficial stuff. But again, it's superficial stuff because in reality, they are... St- Two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. The illusion of choice, the presidents that we have to choose from right now. It's like when you go into a Chipotle and you're like, I'll have the burrito. And then you look at somebody who has the taco and you're like, you're an idiot. You're getting that. That's weird food. (laughs) It's all the same food. You know, it's the Mexican buffet. That's it's beans. It's guacamole. Dare I say a lot of cheese. <laughs> Asiago. Dare, dare. Dare I say it. <laughs> That's really what we have. It's the Mexican buffet of options that we have. It's mm-hmm. all formed from the exact same ingredients. It just looks a little bit different. Maybe somebody puts some lettuce on the top. Yeah. Maybe somebody uh, you know goes with uh, you know extra tomato. It's all the same food. So then we have Clinton who comes in and does his exact job of not going, well, we have some military interaction that occurs, but for the most part, it's a peaceful eight years. Everybody is super happy. At this time, Bill Clinton is creating all the bubbles that are going to be popping uh, in the early 2000s, the housing bubble, uh, you know, a whole series of He's different... He's repealing corporate- Glass-Steagall that, bar- exactly. that, you know, has its, uh, I guess it's a fucking final blow in 2008 with the financial collapse. Right. So Clinton is doing his job perfectly. Everyone is under perceived peace. Everyone thinks that every, uh, everything is going wonderfully. Everyone's buying... Uh, uh, you know, PlayStations and, their, you know, every single new gadget under the sun. And I and I loved that original Game Boy. <laughs> As did I. Who didn't love it? It was great. So Clinton did his job. Everyone perceived him as this dove. Everyone perceived him as this wonderful um, president, even though, again, I mentioned this on Kennedy, which I'm on. Um, well, I suppose. Well, I'm on it tonight. But anyway, you know, of course, under him, the prison industrial complex grew Almost double. Mm-hmm. and But it all went under the radar because he was a likable guy who could play a saxophone. Yeah. So now we have 2000 come up. George, uh, George Bush beats uh, Al Gore because 
you know, they talk about presidents electing Supreme Court justices, and I don't know if people really understand what that means. No, they don't. Uh, the idea that a justice sits for life is completely insane, especially now that technology moves so much faster. Years are quicker now than ever before. Mm-hmm. We've advanced more in the past 10 years than we have in thousands and thousands of years before. Yeah. It's completely different. It's actually a scientific principle that as uh, technological advances go further and further, uh, each advance is half as long uh, as the one before it. That's why it just, that's why you right. have, that's, that's why, why when you're 90, a, a day is smaller, shorter than when you're one. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and it's also why you have, uh, like, let's see here, we went from flip phones in 2001 to iPhones in 2010, right. where you didn't have, like, where it took us a hundred years to get from the telephone to the flip phone. Yeah, to get, you, to get rubber around a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you it know. folds in half each time. Right. Right. So uh, I can't wait until there's enough technology to get a robotic woman to love me. That'll be great. <laughs> I'm thrilled about the idea. 20 years. Right. And, of course, we talked about Bill Clinton choosing not to go kill Osama bin Laden. Non-action, like we've been talking about, is an action. He knew for a fact that Osama bin Laden was planning terrorist attacks against the United States. He chose not to deal with it because he was under an immense investigation uh, due to the whole series of different personal scandals and uh, disgusting things that uh, him and the uh, the Clinton machine had been up to. I mean, just really murder, literally Vince Foster, I mean, literally murdering people. Yeah. Um, so W gets into office because his father had appointed and Reagan had appointed enough Supreme conservative Supreme Court justices uh, to to give him the election, which was absolutely insane. Oof. 9-11 occurs, and obviously we don't have to get into that anymore. <laughs> Please, let's not get into it anymore. W did exactly what they were supposed to do. Yeah. It was the wheel treaded forward towards war. They're the ones who went into Iraq. They, they did Afghanistan, and it was absolutely perfect. They started this earlier. Bill Clinton allowed it to occur. He allowed uh, 9-11 to happen. Granted, now he can sit back and be like, no, I was just having sex with a whole series of women. <laughs> Whatever, that's a terrible Bill Clinton impression, but it doesn't matter. I'm not <laughs> it was, an impressionist. It's, more like, it's like Barney. Yeah, kind of a Barney. I think he's kind of a Barney guy. I really do. You know? <laughs> no, whatever. I was having sex with a bunch of women. <laughs> <laughs> Barney Clinton. Barney, of course, was the name of George W. Bush's dog. dog it's all yes. coming together. <laughs> so he goes in. Middle East is all in shambles, exactly the way that we want to have it. We want that. We want that entire region uh, destabilized permanently, permanently destabilized forever and ever. Exactly what uh, HW is exactly what HW would have liked to do. We just did not have the resources, nor did we have the will, because again, we didn't have the Pearl Harbor like attack that uh, FDR had alluded to where he's like we need something big we need something large and that large thing that occurred on 9-11 was able to occur because of bill clinton these are not accidental uh these are not accidents and to the degree that bill clinton knew there were cia operatives the fbi many many military hawks requested him to go kill osama bin laden he just didn't do it yeah and when you're the president of the united states you have the world's strongest military at your fingertips at your disposal it would have been very simple. At this time specifically, Osama was really not doing that well. He had some support, but again, the Taliban was still um, licking their wounds mm-hmm. from the from the uh, war with, uh, with with the Russians. That didn't end until 1989. Exactly, and and they got that. De- I mean, they they it was it was a Vietnam for the Russians. 
the exact same way that it was the Vietnam for the United States in that we they killed the, the Russians killed more people. Yeah. Technically they won the war if we're looking at body counts, but of course the resources that were drained and uh, and the, and the amount of resentment that uh, was harnessed by the uh, by the Afghanis afterwards. Yeah, war is never about body count. No. I mean, if you look at the Russians in World War II, whoo, Lord. They lost 20 million of their own people and they shot them themselves. <laughs> That's kind I of... Mean, the, yeah. the, the huge difference between the, the first Gulf War and the second Gulf War is that like, you're right, it's all public support because the first Gulf War, right. I think everyone was more like... We were you know celebrating what? a victory. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Uh, when we were going into it, I think everyone was like, you know what? I'll allow it. Right. It's, it's fine. I'm kind of bored right now, honestly. Right. Like, I'll allow it. Let's just go. But the second Iraq War, it was like the entire country was fucking. It was like a, a, a pit bull that's bad with kids. It's like well, usually the pit bull is really very nice and it doesn't do anybody any harm. But if you startle that pit bull, it will rip your fucking face off. Mm, I want that pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like good protection yeah. whenever you're walking through a... Um, a random playground. <laughs> That's what America was in 2001. We got startled. And so we were, we were there to rip the face off of anybody. Right. And we definitely did. So we went into Afghanistan. We went into Iraq. Devastated everything. The corporations made billions and billions and billions of dollars. The Halliburtons of the world, like we discussed. And all the, we didn't even get into this with the last uh, podcast on the left episode, all the private companies that went and fought the war for us. Yeah. The U.S. military, I was talking to a Marine who went over there for two tours. On the second tour, he signed up, and I think it was literally for $7,000. One of his friends chose not to sign up for a second tour. He went to a private company and made eighty grand. <sighs> and, he's, and the guy was like, I sold myself short. And I was like, I think you did. Yeah. I and think I think so. you get to have a lot more fun when you don't have any rules <laughs> yeah you know i uh i've had some dealings with some people who had a lot of fun over there at the expense of their humanity i would say well you yeah you know a friend strychnine <laughs> this is not a, this is not a nickname that's given to people who like to play dungeons and dragons in their parents basement and eat cheetos this is no. a nickname given to somebody who is a mass murderer yes yes it is yes right. it is yes uh, a lot of people lost their humanity on, on both sides and i think especially the people that had no rules whatsoever right. the actual the uh the the private company guys it's like the stories that you hear and videos that are out there and just like you can watch you can watch these blackwater guys uh just opening fire on cars on the road and they are laughing and they're fucking they're taking videos of them opening fire on innocent civilians and laughing uh and some of these people are wanted for war crimes like some of these blackwater guys like they are in countries all over the world where they can't leave and they can't are, fucking get out of there because they're wanted for literal war crimes because there is video right. evidence of them committing war crimes because they took it themselves because that's how invincible they felt. Well, I mean, it's the equivalent of somebody going and robbing a subway and then putting it on Instagram. <laughs> you know, it's these morons who film themselves doing vile, terrible things. And it's like, you know, you could have just gotten away with the foot long and the hundred bucks, right? <laughs> you should probably do that next time. Like, don't film it. That's kind of stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, and some of, these, some of these Blackwater people who shot up a whole series of innocent folks got promotions. Yeah. So you never know if you were the lucky one. <laughs> it's tough to say. Anyway, let's fast forward to Obama. Uh, obviously, we had to do the surge under W, and you know, finally things got a little bit uh, in line. We put Maliki in place, just a simple pup- uh, classic pu- uh, puppet government, and you know, no real control. Obama did his job perfectly, just as Clinton did his job perfectly by not taking action. Obama pulling out of Iraq gave the gave the vacuum uh, that is now being filled by ISIS, who wants to uh, create a caliphate in the Iraq region. It's the, it's the reason we're having the proxy war in Yemen right now. And the next president, no matter who it is, if it's Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, 
dare I say, even Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. We are going into war in Iraq. Mark my words, if it's Carly Fiorina, maybe not Scott Walker. He's weak. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Ben Carson would just be like, I can go fix them, Uh, you know, because he's a great neurosurgeon and a very nice guy. With Donald Trump, I mean, we're going to war and we're building... Golf courses, <laughs> hotels, whatever you want. It's going to look like a Monopoly board by the time he gets done with it. You'd be like Judge Doom and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right. My God, it'll be beautiful. <laughs> That's my impression of the shoe getting uh, dropped into the dip. <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit was one of the greatest cartoons of all time. Dare beautiful. I say it's the best blending of real uh, acting and animation acting. It's better than Cool World. <laughs> oh yeah, with Brad. Oh, you taking that fucking stance? I'm that taking Who it. Friend Roger Rabbit was better than Cool World. I'm taking it, Marcus. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. I'm so over what Brad Pitt was trying to do. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. So that's exactly where we're at, and that's what I. That's what when we discuss illusion of choice, and when we when we discuss. Um, you know, the idea that any one of these people will be change agents, it really is. It's a fallacy. And uh, but to the point that I was making. um, But let's go back now to Donald Trump. Right. Regardless of if his campaign is authentic. Yeah. Whether it's not just a game, whether it's not just even more of a game. Sure. That that is what he's that's what he's playing into. He's playing into this idea that people have now seen throughout all of every single president has played their war, uh, their uh, role in the war, regardless if you know, and pulling out what when Obama pulled out of Iraq, he killed just as many people as W did going in. Yeah. And it's very bizarre for people to understand that because, you know, they say, oh, he got Osama bin Laden, which was as symbolic as it could possibly be. I mean, Osama was maybe giving some orders here and there. I mean, the man couldn't pee without, you know, crying and having urine in his blood. (laughs) I mean, he was looking at, you know, smut 24-7 because no woman liked him, uh, liked to touch him anymore. I mean, he was a huge smut fan. (laughs) As a matter of fact, Marcus has some good smut here in the studio. Sista 2. Oh, yeah, Which I'm very interested to check out later. Comforting. Yes, comforting. So that's the that is where Donald Trump is resonating with the people. He's at 30 percent right now in the Republican primary. And they looked at the people um, all across the board who were supporting him. And uh, they looked at the 30 percent that are supporting him. And it's really uh, all across the board because they believe that he is one of those people who is an agent of change, because like we discussed um, with Mr. Jeffrey Tambor at the beginning of the show, he's not going to be indebted to the NWO, the Trilateral Commission. Because he is the NWO. <laughs> so it is this bizarre, like, will there be a double I, rainbow that has to occur? I know. That's what I was yelling at you and right. Travis about. It's like, right. yeah, because he's not beholden. It's like, no, he's he's not the He is the problem. He is the problem. He is the problem. But at least we get to see the problem. <laughs> I know. As opposed it's to the a- problem pretending to be not the problem. And uh, and and uh, having a puppet candidate who's out there pretending like he cares about the people of America. I don't know. I love Big Bird, but being raped isn't even better if the guy's fucking dressed as Big Bird. Big, what are you talking about, <laughs> Donald Trump? Big Bird, <laughs> sexual abuse. Yeah, yeah. Say so like Obama, he's Big Bird, right? Obama's not. Obama's <laughs> Big Bird. Yeah, like Obama's Big Bird, uh-huh. and, and because Obama's like the guy that's like dressed up in a, it's like, oh, I love Big Bird, oh, it's great, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still getting raped, right? You follow me? 
I would rather just honestly. I would rather it just be any. I, I would rather it be a member. I would rather it be. Uh, I don't honestly. But, it, but if it's Donald Trump, it's just Donald Trump, right? No, not dressed up. <laughs> there's no Big Bird. I don't know. <laughs> But that is what's resonating with the American people, and that's why when Donald Trump, did you see this today, he just signed that he will run as a Republican and refuses to run uh, as an independent. He signed the paper, much like uh, Ariel signed the paper with Ursula, and he gave up his voice to the Republican Party. And you know he's got legs, and now he's going to be on land, and he's going to find a man that loves him for who he is. But then, of course, halfway through, he's going to lose his legs, go back to the ocean, everything's going to fall apart, and he's going to come back as an independent. <laughs> Which is perfect. But that is, but I'm just trying to give some context. And, I, you know, I don't want people to be like, oh, he's all about Team Trump. I'm just saying from a political science perspective, also from someone who has been a part of a conspiracy podcast for three years, <laughs> I see the illusion of choice. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like the, the one thing that Donald Trump is playing on is that he is the outsider who doesn't need to take money from the NWO, which is really just large corporations like the Koch brothers. And uh, Donald Trump is also one of those large corporate Trump. He is a corporation himself. <laughs> right. And so yeah. as as Dick Cheney helped out Halliburton when we went into Iraq, when we go into Iraq under Donald Trump, it'll be Trump missiles <laughs> and Trump Trump tanks. And, you know, everything will be Trump. But then again, what is worse? That's all I'm asking. What is worse? I don't know. I'm throwing my head. I'm going Biden, man. Team Biden. Team Biden. Team Biden, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying fucking Joe Biden for president. That's who I'm going with. A lot of people love Joe Biden. Let's not forget he's been in politics for the, what, the past 35 years. Yeah, but he gives really good shoulder rubs. He touches a lot of people, <laughs> and he touches them weird. It's the battle of the uncles. It's great. It is a battle of the uncles. Creepy uncle versus racist uncle. Well, let's not say he's racist. He's very let's say racist. say that Donald Trump, I would think he was drunk. <laughs> But he's not. I mean, racist uncle. Okay, let's just narrow it down then. Uncle who doesn't like Mexicans. But works with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's sort yeah, of yeah, But some of Everybody his best at the lumberyard. Are... <laughs> everyone at the lumberyard is just like, I think Americans should speak English and Mexicans should go back. And as soon as they're at, their, at the lumberyard, they're like, Juan, can you help me out? <laughs> You know, but that is and I do think if it is Biden, um, which I I do believe it will be, um, he met with the SEIU, which is a massive labor union for the Democrats. It's really sort of when the when the Republicans go to the Koch brothers, the Democrats go to meet with the unions and uh, that then they gave him a nod of approval. The Obama administration wants him to run. Mm -hmm. I think it will be. And if it's a Biden Trump election, it'll be the first presidential debate, hopefully like 12 of them, that it's going to be on a seven second delay. (laughs) It's going to be they're going to start swearing at each other and it's going to turn into like just it's going to be I wish I wish uh, I wish. Jim Ross, Jr. from oh. the WWE, one of the greatest announcers, dare I say, in sports history, oh. would just announce the thing. It's a slobber knocker. It is a slobber knocker. <laughs> He's Hellfire the Hellfire and Brimstone. Hellfire and Brimstone. Oh my! Well, that's the whole thing with Trump and Biden. I bet you they do do one debate where the where the entire stage is surrounded in flames. They do another one in a cell. It's going to be phenomenal. The, maybe they'll even pull off a thumbtack match. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man. Biden will announce his uh, candidacy. When is the the first uh, Colbert report? Or sorry, Colbert the first, report. The first Late Show with Stephen Colbert. What, like the 18th or something like that? Biden yeah. is scheduled for the third episode. He'll okay. announce there. 
he could announce there. Fair and enough. what's so interesting, uh, obviously, September 16th, we have the second Republican debate. I believe there's going to be eight more after that. The, the Democrats only have four. 2008, you know how many they had? Before before the Iowa caucuses? Oh, Jesus. 12? 19. Jeez. 19. That's how much they wanted Hillary to be able to do it. Yeah. Was there like, just don't give that much debate time. Don't, don't, don't do it. And she has four debates only that she has to do well in it. And, and you know, she'll fail because yeah. her family is uh, friends with a whole series of pedophiles and uh, have ruined the country for a good 25 years now. <laughs> so that's great. Um, anyway, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Uh, check out all the shows that Marcus and I do. Roundtable, Last Podcast, Top Hat, obviously, and Sex and Other Human Activities, page seven. Mm-hmm. Those are fun. You can find Marcus yeah. on Twitter at Marcus Parks. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. And I think that's pretty much it. That's well, it, guys. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.